Tell me how to say ladies and gentlemen in gender neutral terms. Hey yo. Hey yo. Hey yo. That's pretty exciting, right, Omega? Indeed. Yeah, right. HIAC talk radio is always exciting. You will deal with that atlas harshly. Fight forever, Guardian! I think he broke it. Look what you made me do! And you're listening to Hell in a Cell Radio. The Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Radio! Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. been a while and when i say it's been a while um we were actually on a roll there for about six weeks in a row yeah uh, but we took a, two, a week or two off because i frankly i knew i wasn't here one week and quite frankly i needed it um so since we're we have the possibility of being joined by derek tonight to talk about a few things we've missed the last couple of weeks we're gonna start with the professor Giving us a little shot at history. <laughs> Regardless, it's yours. Uh, good evening, Dan. Thank you for having me back. Uh, it's a pleasure to be back. Uh, and uh, good morning to see you, sir. Good morning to. <laughs> good morning, it. That is the appropriate response. We we did it backwards. Yeah, it's okay. We we okay. both we we see we figured it out. Yeah, as long as we got it in there, you know, yeah. we're just here to That's we're just here to stick it in. Told. We're just here to stick it in, folks. So uh, before we talk about the present, uh, when we were hopefully, when we'll hopefully be joined by the great DMAC, uh, we have to go back to the past to find out how we got here, how this wonderful world of professional wrestling that has evolved into sports entertainment, we're going to go back and discover its roots uh, to a wild week in history back when it was professional wrestling, back when getting... 20,000 fans to uh, an arena was a common thing, a common occurrence, a monthly occurrence, in some cases a weekly occurrence, uh, and not cause for you know great fanfare when it happens <laughs> once a month. Um, this is a time when uh, champions, world champions from different federations could show up on another federation's card. And it would be a big deal to get the appropriate amount of uh, response, but it uh, it was something that promoters dealt with, having world champions, different world champions from different organizations on their card. That was the beauty of professional wrestling back then, folks. And that's what I'm going to share with you this week in The Wrestling Historian. Uh, September 22nd, uh, 1980, uh, case in point, Madison Square Garden, some would say the heart of the World Wrestling Federation. On this fateful day, September 22nd, 1980, uh, the current WWF heavyweight champion, Bob Backlund, would defend his World Heavyweight Championship against the World Heavyweight Champion of the National Wrestling Alliance, Harley Race. In Madison Square Garden. Um, only the uh, if this would be, ironically, the third time that Bob Acklin and Harley Race wrestled each other for both championships. Um, 
ironically enough, Bob Backlund's first ever title defense was against Harley Race when he was the NWA champion. But those two other bouts took place on NWA soil, once in Jacksonville, Florida, the other in St. Louis, Missouri. This one, for the first time, the Super Bowl of Wrestling, NWA champion versus the WWF champion, would take place in the heart of the WWF in Madison Square Garden, where Harley Race and Bob Backlund went at each other, and Harley Race pulled the referee in front of him, and Bob Backlund decked him, but instead of Harley Race being declared the winner because of disqualification, the referee disqualified Harley Race. So Bob Backlund would pick up the win. But once again, Dan, the Super Bowl of Wrestling between two world champions facing each other ended without a clear-cut winner. Uh, but that would be the last time that Bob Backlund and Harley Race would ever wrestle each other, and it would be the last of their three world title Super Bowl champion versus champion matches in Madison Square Garden, September 22nd, 1980. You know, what we missed. Yes. Well, what I missed, you saw it. I, I read about it in the after magazines and I couldn't believe it happened. But that's what was great about the sport back then, Dan. You could... If you were just if you were especially if you were a fan of the Northeast and in New York, if you attended the Madison Square Garden bouts every month, uh, you wouldn't know who would show up. They would announce the card until you got there. And so New York fans knew the Harley race was coming. Fans in Philadelphia saw him wrestle on TV uh, in the afternoon, beating some preliminary guys. Uh, but in, on WOR, local TV in New York. If Derek was alive, he would probably know. Harley Race talked about coming to Madison Square Garden for one thing, and one thing only, was to unify. Because this belt here says, I am the best wrestler on God's green earth. But Bobby Backlund seems to think that he, his belt, means just as much as mine. Well, I'm here to show you and all these people. There's only one world champion, and you're looking at him. Um, but that was in 1980. Exactly four years later. Bitch. It, bitch. You should have left bitch. that in there. Bitch. Yeah. Bitch. <laughs> four years later to show you how much uh, wrestling had changed in four years. Right back to Madison Square Garden, September 22nd, 1984. Uh, four years later. Um, wrestling against the current World Wrestling Federation heavyweight champion. Hulk Hogan was supposed to be Jesse the Body Ventura. Uh, Jesse called out sick. This was right when he was in the beginning, the beginning of the end of his wrestling career because the doctor had warned him about the blood clots in his lungs mm. uh, that he picked up when he was in, uh, when, he when he was in the Vietnam War, uh, the remnants of Agent Orange. So his wrestling career was coming to an end. And he was substituted for Big John Stud. And what made this bout special, September 22nd, 1984, was Big John Stud uh, in his uh, quest to win the World Heavyweight Championship from Hulk Hogan was accompanied to the ring by his new manager, making his WWF debut, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Brain, oh. Bobby the Brain. 
I'd be the brain. I was uh, able to use a line he uh, I heard from him today at work. Um, what do you, you say? We ever you ever hear a paradox? Two long dogs. <laughs> yeah. Bobby Heenan, everyone. Great, Bobby Heenan. Oh uh, God, so good. <laughs> I know. I've been sending you clips of him on uh on Twitter. Uh, yeah, never, stop. Uh, never stop. Never stop. <laughs> that I watch in a loop for like twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that I come across and it's just uh yeah, my brain is always pure gold. Uh, whenever pure you gold is uh. But his uh, WWF debut took place September 22nd, 1984 in Madison Square Garden. Uh, one of Ho- one of the many people that Hulk Hogan brought over from the AWA uh, to the WWF. Um, when uh, Vince made the deal to bring Hogan in, Hogan said, I'll come, but if I like this guy, can interview me really well, Gene Okerlund. This guy can bump for me real well, Dave Schultz. Uh, I always work well with Jesse. I'm going to stab him in the back later, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jesse. And one guy that's always bumped for me and he always brings out the best in me is, uh, is Bobby Heenan. And, um, yeah, so he was one of the guys that, uh, Hogan wanted to, to come with him and it worked out well for all of us. Yeah. 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 It did. yeah um, my feelings on Hogan aside, you know, we got Bobby out of it. Yes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And we even Thank got you, Bobby. Bobby. Fuck you, Hogan. <laughs> and we even got Bobby in WCW with him, too. Yeah. So. Which was also, you know, of all the bad things going on in that company, you need to slide Bobby. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, September 22nd, happy belated 79th birthday. Still hanging on, ornery as ever. Uh, but cannot deny his place in wrestling history. Happy belated 79th birthday uh, to Ole Anderson. Yeah, well, I, I mean, you know, in the grand scheme of things, he wasn't, he's not as bad as Rogan or, or some of these other folks, so I'll take it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, Ole might have been cantankerous, but I, I don't hear anything like that from about him unless I miss something. Well, Ole was just so uh, businessman okay. to the, to the mag, yeah. But it's so hard to deal. He's the reason why there was a Black Saturday, uh, because the uh, why it was possible for Vince to uh, to buy uh, the the Georgia Championship territory and put his shows on uh, July of nineteen eighty four, because uh, the Briscoes and Jim Barnett held fifty one percent. Ole held the other fifty percent, but because they were sick of dealing with Ole. They made the deal for Vince. They made made the deal with Vince. Um, and obviously that blew up in Vince's face and he sold it back for a million. He sold it back to Jim Crockett for a million dollars and that million dollars helped bankroll WrestleMania. But it wouldn't have happened if Ole wasn't a dick and uh, the Briscoes and Jim Barnett didn't want to get out or just, have, just having to deal with Ole. In their defense, they were given, they were, sold a bill of goods by Vince who lied his ass off and said he's going to give you nothing but original programming and he played nothing but old WWF shows, the same stuff I was watching up here that everyone else was seeing and the ratings plummeted. Uh, Everyone in Georgia calls. uh, They had more calls to the Georgia Championship Wrestling Office than they've ever had in the history of TBS. 
all wanting not only their wrestling back, but Gordon Soley back. And the wrestling that Ole was putting on, uh, championship wrestling from Georgia, at 7.30 a.m., mind you, outdrew Vince's uh, wrestling at 9 a.m. on the same station. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, reason why Ole, uh, when the four horsemen were inducted into the Sham Hall of Fame, Ole wasn't one of them. Um, because Ole's always going to have bad blood with the WWF, and obviously Ole doesn't give a shit. Um, but uh, he's always been hard to deal with. Incredible businessman, uh, get a great booker. He was took the he was one of the Ernie lads of uh, wrestling in the early seventies. Um, uh, being the main event heel uh, as part of the team with uh, his fake brother Gene, the Andersons were the. Uh, <gasps> Yeah, but you know, I I always get I got into this debate with uh, another one of my old wrestling fan, meaning old, we're the same age, uh, about who was attacking me the year in the seventies because the territories were so divided. Um, you know, in the Northeast, you would say the Valiant Brothers, uh, in the West, you would say uh, Patterson and Stevens, um, in the South, um, you could say the Andersons because the Anderson brothers. In Georgia, in the Mid-Atlantic, they outdrew everyone. And they made it possible for the Mid-Atlantic to be the biggest money-making territory in the NWA uh, before world-class. But uh, in Ric Flair's new book, he talked about the money that they were making. He and Greg Valentine, uh, they were making upwards of in today's money would be $5 million a year, but they were doing it in 1977. So they were, uh, they could afford those robes that Rick was wearing and the going to the wrestling bouts in limousines, but that all was paved by the Andersons and making the mid Atlantic territory, the most profitable one in the NWA. Uh, but again, that was all Oli because uh, his head for business, uh, Horrible person to deal with. If you talk to Teddy Long, he'll tell you what a racist he is. Oh, um, see, I didn't know that. Okay, oh, yeah. Never mind. Well, well here's the thing. Oli hired Teddy. Oli gave Teddy Long his start um, in uh, right before the NWA became solely in the Mid-Atlantic. Um, and he was calling one of Oli's matches uh, when Oli and Arn, when, he, when he, they just introduced Arn. And... Uh, Teddy's a referee, so he's trying to get all he's got his opponent in the ropes and, you know, choking him. And Teddy's like, give him the five count and, and told him to get it. And Ole just screams, like, don't ever put your fucking hands on me. And Teddy's like, I'm doing my job. I'm the referee. I'm the one you hired. But he said, I don't care. You will ever touch me. And Teddy's like, all right. And ah, yeah. There we go. Uh, he had one of the great lines to, uh, again, this is towards the end of his run in. Uh, the NWA when uh, the Midnight Express had just uh, arrived, one of Dusty's and Dusty had taken the book from Oli and Oli was being phased out uh, first of the horsemen and you know he was just there to give uh, Arn a rub and this is during the Great American Bash series and uh, the main event was the Road Warriors and Baby Doll versus the Midnight Express and Jim Cornette and Oli he was shaking his head in the dressing room uh, because they were on top and that this is the, the stadium tour. So they were getting paid the most. And apparently it was more in one night than Oli had made in one night when he was main eventing. 
And he said to Jim Cornette, man, I never see the day when a fat manager and, an old, and a cunt would be make more money than me. And Jim said, well, on behalf of all fat managers and cunts, I want to thank you for paving the way, Oli. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. Okay, touche. But uh, happy 79. Touche for a douche. <laughs> to Ole Anderson. Still hanging on. Somebody said he's too ornery to die. Um, but yes, that's, that's probably true. He's going to outlive all of us. <laughs> we'll be dead. He'll be like, God damn, motherfucker, roll me in. God damn it. As September 23rd. Um, uh, speaking of, we were, I was talking earlier on a setting up wrestling historian back in the day when uh, 20,000 Madison Square Garden was a routine, was a monthly thing. Ratings in the uh, 80s were also a huge thing because. It drew so much money. Uh, September 23rd, 1987 was a big day in professional wrestling. What we'll talk about later and then when we get back to the present, uh, when wrestling was on network television. Well, September 23rd, 1987 was the Saturday night's main event TV taping in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Uh, when uh, the Macho Man Randy Savage would take on the reigning defending intercontinental champion, the honky tonk man, uh, Savage, who was still a heel at the time, um, was going for the intercontinental championship against the honky tonk man. Um, and Elizabeth would get involved, honky tonk man would shove Miss Elizabeth to the ground, Miss Elizabeth would run back to the dressing room and come back with Hulk Hogan. Hogan would clear the ring. And at one point, as Vince McMahon on commentary pointed out, all four champions were in the ring at the same time. Hogan was a world champion, Hockey Talk Man, or a continental champion, and Jimmy Hart's Hart Foundation were the tag team champions. Uh, and after Hogan cleared the ring, he and Savage had the handshake heard around the world. And on that night, September 23rd, 1987, Randy Savage officially became a babyface. Uh, and, and built up to something special for about a year. Yes. Uh, but a long-term booking. Uh, Wayne Ferris, the Honky Talk Man, talked about this on, uh, I forget which podcast. Uh, they were talking when they were planned for turning Randy Savage face. Uh, he and Savage and Elizabeth went to Vince's house to talk about this bout. And Vince... And Savage were so in, in engrossed in the conversation about what they were going to do when Savage wins the Intercontinental Championship, what they're going to do. Like they're talking about, we'll put you, we'll push you here, and an ad campaign there with you and Elizabeth, and personal appearance here, you on Tonight Show, and you bring the belt. And Wayne was talking, Honky Tonk Man was talking about. I wasn't. I we were both sitting on the same couch. But Savage and Vince were so engaged, I wasn't even there. And um, wow. that's when I, and that's when he made the, uh, was going to make the decision to go to the NWA with the Intercontinental title. Uh, and one of the people that was behind that move was Jesse Ventura. Uh, he had talked to Jesse about it because he said, they want me to drop this belt and um, I'm not doing it. And he gave him some great advice because Honky Tonk Man was a, was the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion of all time, and he got pinned a lot. 
in tag team matches and on house shows. He never got pinned on television. And Jesse even said, don't get pinned on television. Not especially not on main event. Um, and don't even if you're in a tag team match on on superstars or on the syndicated show, don't get pinned there either. Don't get pinned on TV. He did job after job in house shows and in non-title matches. Um, but he said no, he wasn't gonna drop it to, to Savage and Elizabeth. And there was a way to get Savage as face without him being champion. And Vince went for it. But Honky Tonk was going to, he would he would have been the first. Not Medusa, uh, and not Rick to take a championship to another organization because he was going to go to the NWA with the Intercontinental Belt because um, he was not going to job to Savage on main event. But uh, that turned out to be a uh, pivotal, uh, like we said, uh, role in Randy Savage's life. Honky Tonk Man got to live another day as Intercontinental Champion. And that TV show, that TV taping, took place September 23rd um, on Saturday night's main event. But it aired October 3rd. And that October 3rd airing on NBC did a 9.7 rating. 9.7 rating. 9.7. What we're trying to say is... Shut up <laughs> about your ratings. Hey, they only did a one. <laughs> yeah, they did a one. Hey, they did a one. Ooh, look at that. No, um, I want to also uh, September twenty second. We go back a day on nineteen ninety seven was a very special day. Um, that was on uh, Monday Night Raw. Again, took place. Guess where, Dan? I don't know. Where do you think it would be? Madison Square Garden. Oh. September 22nd, 1997. Huh. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I, I guess September 20th is a magical date. In, in Today, April. huh? Yeah. It, but a, a day in Madison Square Garden, 1980, was uh, Backlund versus Race for the both championships. 84 was the debut of Bobby Heenan. But September 22nd, 1997, one of the great vignettes uh, of uh, mankind, uh, he was in a war with, in his feud with Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Um, well, Dude Love was first uh, talking on the big screen with Hulk with a uh, Triple H. Uh, and Dude Love brings out mankind, and uh, does does mankind? I know you want to kick some heavy duty booty. But Triple H wants to have a Falls Count Anywhere match. And that's not really the dude's bag, baby. Um, but I know a man whose is. It's a good man. Go ahead. You think? Or am I thinking what you think you're thinking? You're I think like, I, am I am thinking, thinking what you what think, think that I'm thinking. thinking. <laughs> uh, that one guy. Cactus Jack. And... Somebody stop me. I thought he was dead. <laughs> He's alive. He's alive. Wait. And making his debut in his hometown, Mrs. Foley's baby boy, uh, even after uh, Jim Cornette had to convince Kevin Dunn 
who said, oh, no one's going to know who he is. No one's going to remember. No one no one knows. This is Keep in mind, the same person who thought that no one would know who Terry Funk was. So he had to put a pantyhose over his head and call him Chainsaw Charlie. But September 22nd, 1997, Cactus Jack made his debut in the WWE in Madison Square Garden. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Place went nuts. Jim Ross went nuts. And it was it was a great moment. <laughs> which then when begat uh Chainsaw Charlie, which we mentioned last week. Or last shot. Yeah. Yeah. A year later, I think, uh, when they brought out Terry Funk. Which everybody which, knew it was Terry anyway. It didn't matter. Yeah, but Kevin Dunn was convinced that no one would know who. Yeah, well, Kevin Dunn was brilliant. Yes. Brilliant with those edits, baby. Mm-hmm. Piece of shit, Kevin. <laughs> the risky videotape once. Fuck you. I don't care. It's September 25th. Uh, 10 years ago, Dan, if you could believe this. 10 years ago. 10. 10. NXT. Uh, Bailey would face, for the first time, Sasha Banks. Oh, wow. Ten years ago. And, uh, of course, their matches would be legendary. And those two, along with uh, Becky and Charlotte, the four horsemen, four horsewomen of the WWE of NXT, would carve out an incredible, indelible path um, in their storied history. All four of them have main evented. Uh, two of them main evented uh, pay-per-view. Uh, the first ones to main event in a cage, uh, pay-per-view women's cage match, and all four of them multi-time world champions, and just um, an indelible mark in women's wrestling. They were uh, the the evolution of uh, the women's division uh, to where it is now. Uh, those two started it, but their first match took place ten years ago. Ten. September 25th, 2013. Two of the best ever come down the pike, period. Yeah. End of story. End of story. Um, which brings us to today in uh, pro wrestling history. Um, hard to believe it was 15 years ago today. Um, a great, it was a great tag team bout, but two of the most unheralded tag team champions um took place uh title change took place um Zack Ryder and Taylor Hawkins were the WWF tag team champions uh an unheralded team with two really good workers and they would lose those belts today 15 years ago today to Primo and Carlito Colon uh, I, I'm bringing this up because these are two of the most unheralded tag teams in WWE history. But I, there were four great workers and just two tag teams that today would probably, you know, be considered main eventers. But back then, when the tag team division was pretty non-existent and pretty much ignored, because I remember when. Uh, Primo and Carlito were the tag team champions. They didn't. They weren't even. And this is back when there was only one tag team champions, one set of tag team champions. 
Um, uh, and they weren't even on pay-per-views. They'd wrestle in uh, the the before show match, and they were the tag team champions. Yeah, but yeah, we've come a long way in fifteen years. But uh, the biggest thing that happened today uh, was nineteen seventy seven, and this is all over my feed uh, because I bring it up every year. It was um, all it was on the cover of all the after magazines. Um, it was on a, multiple DVDs. Vince McMahon Jr. has said, I'll never forget that night because it was uh, magical. And that's a, a word that both of the participants use. 26,125 people were in Madison Square Garden. I should say 21,000 were in Madison Square Garden. 5,000 were in the adjacent Felt Forum, which was a tiny arena that was right next to Madison Square Garden. If the garden was sold out, you could see all the wrestling in the garden at the Felt Forum on closed circuit TV. And that held 5,000 people. And that was sold out. So you had 26,125 people there to see Dusty Rhodes take on the World Wrestling Federation heavyweight champion, superstar Billy Graham. Um, Unreal, dude. Unreal. Absolutely magical. I can say that's something that both wrestlers said. Um, it was a just an incredible. This was Dusty's first bout in Madison Square Garden. He had been on TV, and this was part of the deal uh, of Eddie Graham, the talent exchange. Eddie Graham's championship wrestling from Florida had uh, been showing in the Northeast. Uh, so this is the first time fans got to see Dusty Rhodes uh, in the Northeast, the Northeast. So when they saw championship wrestling from Florida and then Dusty Rhodes was coming up north <clears throat> to fight superstar Billy Graham and part of the uh, the other Florida wrestlers that would come up to wrestle in the Northeast, Kevin Sullivan, uh, Buddy Wolf, um, Mike Graham and Steve Kern wrestled in Madison Square Garden. And Bob Backlund. But uh, Dusty coming up north to wrestle superstar Billy Graham. And again, 26,000 people. Dusty Rhodes sold out Madison Square Garden in his first bout there. Superstar had already been selling at Madison Square Garden because he was superstar. But this was the first time we got to see somebody who was just as charismatic as superstar. Who could rap like superstar. Completely different bodies, but Dusty was so over without even wrestling there that him just coming to the ring was absolutely electric. And uh, the bout was amazing. Uh, Dusty won by countout, and in his knowing exactly what he was doing, he grabbed the belt, held it over his head, even put it around his waist. A fan came in the ring just to hug him, before he was ushered out, but the entire crowd was jumping up and down with Dusty put holding the belt up. Dusty knowing full well he he won by countout, but milking the crowd. Even after the referee had told you know the crowd that Superstar had lost, but he was still the champion. Dusty got on the microphone, which wrestlers never did back then, and in the Madison Square Garden it was a giant two microphone speaker that came down from the from the heavens it's not like today yeah. where you can just grab a microphone 
The only person that spoke on that mic was the ring announcer. Wrestlers never did. Dusty grabbed the mic and said, Superstar, I came a long way to whip your ass. Get out of here. And again, the place went nuts. Because of two men, Dusty Rhodes and Superstar Billy Graham. 1977, today in 1977, that bout took place. Still blows my mind. And that, gentlemen and ladies, is a wrestling historian. I have a suggestion. Yes. I I remembered what I was going to open with. Ta-da. I knew it would happen. I have a (laughs) suggestion from Martin Scorsese. Yes. Shut up. Stop talking. Well, I, the I, man, I, the man has became has became has become become to known as the the man has become to become to known as the most cantankerous gatekeeper in um, cinema. I'm going to use that word sarcastically, cinema. But did one person ask him this, like? two years ago and he's still going on about it or is this yeah, every now and then someone will ask him you know elaborate on that and i guess the latest one was you know people should stop seeing comic movies and see movies by directors like so and so so and so and christopher dolan which yeah well Mark made probably the greatest superhero movie of all time trilogy of all time really yeah <laughs> like that's not it but it's funny because a lot of people on that side, and I refuse to actually seriously refer to it as sides because it's fucking entertainment. Shut up. Um, are saying, you know, these people who watch comic book movies never watch a real movie in their lives. Blah, 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 blah. Meanwhile, the people who are watching comic book movies are watching also movies. Yeah. <laughs> and the guys who watch cinema haven't seen a comic book movie in their life. Or won't admit to it. It's the biggest it's the biggest joke hypocrisy I've ever seen. It's hilarious. But yeah, I I don't understand how a guy who made that kind of art is that bitter. There's no way. I don't hear that from coming from Francis Ford Coppola. I don't hear that coming from, from Clint Eastwood. I don't hear it from I don't even hear it from George Lucas. So I don't know why Martin Scorsese decided to take it upon himself to police. Yeah. I I I don't I don't understand. It's like yeah. I said earlier today. I'm like, in my in my from my perspective, the man has gone from one of the most respected artists in the world to just a cantankerous old man yelling in a cloud. I can say that. I don't get it. Anyway. Done. And we finally have the third man. I only say third man because the damn the man is so damn busy fixing the streets of New York, literally, with his bare fucking hands and some tools and some racist motherfuckers, apparently, that he doesn't have time for us all the time. Uh, Just in case you didn't think I was paying attention, Derek. You should know by (laughs) now. I always am. Uh, He said he was broadcasting... From his basement to stay away from noise, but I know most of you that would comment about that don't even own a home, so shut up. Uh, Derek McDonald, everybody. 
Yeah. Thank you. Hey. Uh, let's get right to it. We got this historian over with. It actually worked out almost perfectly that we were finished and now we're in the present time. Um, there's two things. Uh, and I know I took a hint from Craig on the one, which we'll end with, but I want to get this over with. This is big news. And if the new regime in WWE have half a brain in their collective beans, they will push this woman to the top. Not only does she look good, and I don't mean sexualizing folks. I mean, she looks good. She wrestles. Fucking, I'll say it. She wrestles amazingly, and she's got charisma coming out of the ass. Uh, Jade Car, Jade Jade Cargill. I always want to reverse the G and the C, and I know that's not true. Um, has signed with the WWE, and not only that, ESPN has reported on it. She's taken over WWE social media. There are pictures of her at training already within less of a 24-hour period. Mm-hmm. I can't believe that actually happened because I knew people were saying it, and I'm like, there's no way. And there she is in the WWE. And and I get and again, Derek, to you first. They, to the top. I sacrifice <laughs> Bailey if you have to. And that's Whoever. my girl. Whoever. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, because <laughs> they reported, I think was it last week, they reported her contract was over and she might go. And I've kind of just been watching fans go back and forth, which is crazy to me. So there's two type of fans. There's the AEW fan who will tell you, well, she's she's green and, you know, it's not a big loss for AEW, blah, blah, blah. That. And then there's the WWE fan who... Is excited just by looking at her. Like you said, she she looks like if you could take Storm from the comic books and make it in like she looks like Storm from from X Men. But and then you have the AEW fan who goes, "Well, you didn't know who she was, and now that she's in WWE, you like her." Blah 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 blah. That that stupidity. But um, I got into an argument with one of my buddies who's like he hates WWE and he loves AEW, and I told him, "Goes, well, she's gonna be a star," and he's like, "Well, why do you say that?" You know. They gave her the undefeated streak and they gave her a belt, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, but they kept her away from all the top female talent in the company. (laughs) And and you put her on collision instead of on the main show. And like, and they go, well, WWE, you know, they're not going to know what to do with her and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, well, I can guarantee you in a year she'll be, she'll be in a ring with Becky Lynch, Bailey, um, Natty, just because Natty's gonna make her better than she already is, mm. she's gonna be in the ring with Charlotte. I'm pretty sure she's gonna be a big Dylan Mania. All that eclipses her having a what was it, a 59 match win streak and beating nobodies on the B show in the B company. Yeah, and that's not a reflection off of her. That is the way it was booked by that B show. And when we say B show, I just want to add on before Derek uh, continues here. What did I just mention? She was on ESPN. Mm-hmm. She was on their social media mm-hmm. just under the name yep. and maybe coming off the, you know, buyout, not the buyout, but the sale from Endeavor TKO helped a little bit. But I, I don't think it'd be any different if she signed with the WWE offense was still the boss alone. Um, That just shows you from moment one mm-hmm. the difference. 
the yes. difference. Not not even aesthetically with booking and look of matches type of match. Just uh, from the from the from the get go. I'm sorry, I just wanted to add that. Go ahead. No, and you, you, you're right. You're you're proving my point. And just from all the just for all the things that she's been in today, she's more popular today than she was a year ago on this very day. And I don't understand why people. I understand people hate the WWE. You know, it's the evil corporation, but they know how to build stars. And I was listening to an interview she did with on ESPN, and they asked her, like, you know, what played a role in you coming? And she goes, it's the main show. It's the biggest stage. She goes, I want to be a household name. And she did mention something that a lot of people don't like to mention when it comes to AEW, but she said, I want to be a bit a role model on the biggest stage for little black boys and girls and you know wrestling fans i know you guys don't like to hear this but there aren't too many of those in AEW. you know they kind of don't push them all at one time you know swerve is the flavor of the month right now it might not be in three months but um good can i can i can i please um yeah swerve shane strickland um i i <laughs> I've seen him wrestle in front of little crowds. I've seen him wrestle in the biggest indie shows in person. I'm talking about in person. Uh, I've seen him wrestle 20 feet away from me. I can't fucking understand what the head bookers don't see. In, like, I, I, Yeah. You say the same thing about Jay Lethal. Yes. Yes. And, uh, and, and and I'll say Strickland is uh, ability wise. Um, well, age is a factor now miles away from him. But at the same time, this the same ability, which is off the fucking chart. Yeah. And you can you can say the same thing about uh, Scorpio Sky or Athena. I'm I'm there's a there's a connection between all those people, but I won't Jonathan get Gresham. Yes, I won't get into Hold on. The... Let me help you. Wait, no, I'll help you because I like stirring the pot with white people. It's it, because it, it, they're it's black. Black, black, black. Yes. And the last thing she said was her relationship with Cody Rose played a big part. And <laughs> oops. And listen, if you people don't think over in AEW they saw what they've done with Cody for the last year and a half, and they're not thinking to themselves, hmm. Uh oh. I wonder, like, you don't think Wardlow's at home right now doing nothing and is thinking to himself, huh, what if I should go over there with Cody? You don't think Ricky Starks, who congratulated her and who she said is her best friend and who's good friends with Cody, you don't think Ricky Starks is watching all this and going, huh, maybe all this beats me wrestling, you know, on 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 Saturday. You don't think Hobbs? watching this and thinking i'll say huh. uh, here i'll i'll double down on this derek i i think e- aew has given up on the saturday show ever since punk it, it, it I, seems like i it. don't i don't like being that guy because craig and i mentioned this before you got on the show derek and i'm gonna go to craig next with his his rebuttal or his addition to this um because i see him i see him contemplating over there um I don't want to bring up the ratings other than at this point, at, at, for this point, um, they, they, they be going down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and the attendance is mm-hmm. going down. It, and, and I hate that because I hate 
seeing that for any of these. Yeah. I still get upset to this day. I don't mean like I throw and stomp sometimes. Um, when I watch old clips of Impact, because they've been celebrating a thousand ep- episodes of Impact, and I've been tuning in every now and then to avoid uh, the wife beater. Um, <laughs> that's serious and joke. Um, and you show that those late 2000, the, the late aughts and the late 2000 and the mid 2010 going. They were right there. Yep. They were right there on the. I've been to a sold out Leacor Center in Philadelphia watching the Dudleys, arguably in their prime, mm-hmm. steal the, st- blow, knock the roof off that building with whoever it was. Um, I still get chills to know that was the last time I saw Daphne live, unfortunately. Um, at that lockdown show, uh, Kevin Nash getting a pop bigger than the Dudleys almost coming back out, and then <laughs> taking he he three he hit three moves, one power bomb, and then laid down in the in the cage for like five minutes. I was like, the man is a vet- veteran right there. There and you go, Nash. Yelling, Nash, don't get up. Stress <laughs> baby. Um, they were right there. They were right on that cusp, and. Just this, just knowing that this was going to happen. I'm sorry. I'm going to say this. It's going to sound completely stupid and off base. Kind of wish they would have bought them at that time. Yeah. And put that at prime time because you had the history, even though the NWA was out of the situation at that point. You had the NWA history. Then you had their own world title history, which, quite frankly, they built up just fine. And it just Dixie Carter ego. Um Sorry, Derek and Craig, back to you. Jade is in WWE. Uh, uh, Derek, are you, you want me to throw it to Craig just for you guys to shoot off? Yeah, I was just going to say real quick, um, this thing is eerily similar to WCW where um, it seems like Edge is on his way to AEW, and I love Edge, but he's 50. And so you're going to take 50-year-old Edge, and we're going to take 31-year-old Cade I mean, Cade. Now you got me doing it. Card game. So yeah, sorry. It's very similar to when WCW brought in Hogan and Macho and those people, and Vince took Steve Austin's, the Mick Foley's, and the younger people from underneath them. It, it, it seems like history's rewriting itself all over again. Like we said. Like we said, Craig. Um. Here's I really my... hope he likes Jade Carkill after all we just blew. I hope so. <laughs> Fuck, shit. Fuck, I didn't think of that. Okay, good. Well, you you mentioned you used the word uh rebuttal. Uh yeah. Oh fuck. <laughs> I'm not a Jade Carl girl cardgill fan. All right, good night, folks. <laughs> uh yes. nothing against her. Um I think yeah, nothing against her, but she I'm looks amazing. She she's got it. She looks amazing. She's got the perfect look, the perfect charisma, the perfect style. AEW spoon-fed her, gave her everything, a 60-match win streak, her own belt, and kept her away from the experienced women because my fear, and it's my fear still, she's going to get exposed. Because she is greener than grass. And because she can't wrestle. She can't 
call a match. The reason why she never wrestled a Britt Baker or even a Serena Deeb in AEW. The way AEW booked her and the way Tony Khan has his pet projects, he'll give a 60-match win streak to a green, a greener-than-grass unknown like Jade Cargill, who looks like Storm from the X-Men, and he'll give another a, a whole-year win streak to his favorite wrestler because he dressed up like him for Halloween, Orange Cassidy. Why are Orange Cassidy and Jade Cargill your, have the undefeated streak? Why couldn't those have gone to someone with actual talent that can draw you a lot of money, like a Ricky Starks? Imagine if you gave Hobbs the Orange Cassidy win streak or oh, gave Rick, Ricky Starks a 60-match win streak and he was on TV every week the way Cassidy mm-hmm. was and the way Jade Cargill was. And I'm not knocking either one of those guys. But I'm saying with Jade Cargill, um, you're saying it's like Hogan uh, going to uh, WCW. My fear is that Jade Cargill going to the WWE is public enemy going to the WWE, being exposed for just being smoke and mirrors. Jade Cargill coming in. uh, Jade Cargill coming into the WWE um, honestly could not have come at a worse time. You just brought back Nia Jax. So who's oh, your we'll keep her away from her so they don't kill her? But that's my yeah, point, yeah, Dan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Keep your, her away from her. You just brought her back. So now you're bringing Jade. Who's your monster heel? Well, good. Get rid of Nia Jax. She's fucking garbage. It doesn't matter. I just saved it. I just saved it. Rhea saved Ripley it. is your future. She is not. Jade Cargill is not the future of WWE. Jade Cargill's been spoon-fed everything since she's been in the business, if you want to call it that. She's the the female, she reminds me of a female version of the Ultimate Warrior. She never wanted to be a wrestler. This is her way, this is how she can provide for her son and for make to make money. She's being she's learning along the way. If she has her head on her shoulders, unlike a, a warrior, she can go far in this business. But to give her everything right now. Or for people expecting her to go on a 60-match win streak in WWE? No. Um, I'm all for Jade Cargill getting hers, especially in this business. Get as much as you can and then get out. Uh, That's why I don't knock Kevin Nash for him being upfront about it. I'm just here to make money because wrestling in your life is this much and the rest of your life is that much. So get it while you can. But um, I don't uh, her coming in the WWE, the timing sucks. You just brought back Nia Jax. Rhea Ripley should be getting the main of the mania main events because she is she's your female rock. <laughs> Could make a living off of her. She's got movie star potential. Um, I just see her taking uh, her focus. I just see Jade Cargill taking focus away from the biggest star in the company. That's Rhea. I don't see Jade Cargill ever being the biggest star. In the WWE again, she looks amazing. Um, I don't see the I don't see the talent um, that you guys did only because of the way she was booked in W in in AEW. She was spoon fed everything, and she was kept away from the real talent because obviously they didn't want her to be exposed. I'm afraid she will be exposed uh, unless she starts in in NXT first. Unless she spends a great deal in the training center and then makes her debut. Have a big buildup for when Jade Cargill makes her debut. Have her wrestle in NXT. Have her 
uh, with uh, what was her name? Uh, uh, Sarah Del Rey. Um, and yeah. uh, bring her along slow because I don't know what the hell they taught her in AEW, but whatever they taught her in AEW is going to be should be stripped away and built back up in the WWE. So, but that's yeah, my, that's what they're going to do. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, because... no, no, that's a that's a thing. Derek, steal it from me after after this. Um, mm-hmm. that's exactly what they're going to do. I have, I have. For some reason, Craig, and mm-hmm. if I'm wrong, you know, it's on record. Uh, Philly's won, by the way. Um, the. I think I think it's going to be fine for that reason. Who's booking the show? And who's in charge? In NXT, it's Sean. Sean Michaels. Who's in charge on Raw? Uh, Triple H. Triple H. Yeah. And NXT, uh, Stephen Regal also has a lot of. Polls. Is he back there? Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck did I miss that? When he, he just came back to... Go ahead, Derek. I was gonna say he's been back since like the beginning of the year, I think. I didn't I dude, I've I've fallen well, behind so much on NXT. I no, well when know he that. left his contract stated uh Dan that he wasn't going to he wasn't going to appear on television. That was part of the uh the clause yeah. when he signed <laughs> Okay, cool. Uh then I'm I then then I'm hundred percent not worried. Never mind. I am not even worried at all now. No, uh, Craig, you're absolutely right. Uh, you're absolutely right to have those. Not that you were waiting for my approval anyway. I just want to be clear. I, I didn't was. mean it like that. I agree. Oh, okay, well, then you're right. Uh, no, <laughs> I agree with you. I, those points are valid based on nothing that was her fault. I want to point that out, and I know that's what you were getting at. Mm-hmm. However, I do think she is that she has that ability to turn that around. And you have the right people there doing it. There is no way in fuck that Regal is going to fail her in that way. And I'm not saying she's incapable on her own. Everybody goes through training when they hit the WWE, literally. Doesn't matter if it's for two weeks or whatever. But I'm saying they're going to. I compare it to, and I know this is a bad uh, example because he's kind of a piece of garbage, uh, Dutch yeah, and <laughs> Awesome Kong. He was very protective of her in because he was booking that division and booking Awesome Kong. I remember specifically him telling the story about how he walked in one day while they were all, you know, warming up. And they wrestlers were standing around her going, well, you should do this and then take a fall. And Dutch was like, get the fuck out of here. And, and said to her, listen, I don't want you to take a fall until we say you need to take a fall. You never I don't want you to leave your feet. I don't want you to fall down until it's time. Don't listen to them. I got you. You're not leaving your feet. Mm-hmm. I could see Sean, which, by the way, shave your head. Uh, this is coming from me, um, and 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 especially Darren, Mister Regal, Your Excellency, sir. Jeez, I think it's saved, and I want at Wrestle. Well, see, I don't want to rush it. Not WrestleMania in Philly, the next one. I want her there, yeah, against a champion, yeah. and preferably. Uh, hurting Nia Jax accidentally. And, well, you know where Dutch got that idea, uh, Dan. That was from Dusty's. That was Dusty's booking for the Midnight Express. He told them when they came in, he he had a like 
they never did this back in the day. They he would get all the wrestlers around. Uh, and this is before they even got there. Come on, Amber. Amber again, lady. Uh, uh, but he said everyone to, to the Midnights, um, they're going to go over every match for a year. Period. End of story. And, There's no and, discussion. And no one touches Cornette. Nobody touches Cornette. It's not time yet. And they did it for an entire year until they started the feud with the Rock and Roll Express, which drew um, money that no tag team has been able has been has touched before or since. But it's almost it like worked. they know. Yes, but yeah, you, you, every, he go, they go over everything. No one touches Cornette. Awesome Kong, do not leave your feet under any circumstances. Nobody's knocking you off. That's why Andre, them. Yeah. I'm in charge. Fuck those guys. Yeah. Well, that's why Andre got so upset when uh, why he hated Stud because Stud would step over the top rope. Andre was the only one that did that. Um, but when when Stud wrestled Andre, he never stepped over the top rope on Andre. When he wrestled Andre, everyone else. Stepped over the top, stepped over the top rope, and Andre hated him for it because that's my thing. Ernie Ladd, he let go because he liked Ernie, but he didn't like. I was stuff. just saying because Ernie Ladd, like, not even Andre's going to argue with that guy. Like, no, uh, yeah, I got that one. But yeah, yeah, I'm Derek. all. Uh, go ahead, Derek. I'm sorry. I want to say you guys said everything I was getting ready to say. I would say, um. The reason I would strip everything she learned from AEW is because <laughs> when you hear her talk about her time in AEW, she goes, you know, I used to get in the ring with Brian Danielson, and that was it. You never hear – she never discussed training with anybody else. Um, they didn't run house shows. Um, like, they had Serena Deeb, who I, I just saw has heat, so that's why she hasn't been on TV in a year, which is crazy because she's probably the best female they have in that company. Not probably, she is, yeah. but – um, I would have put her with Serena Deeb and just go work with her. Whatever she tells you to do, follow her. So if I'm WWE, I strip all that away. I put her with Sarah Del Rey. Mm-hmm. I put her with Finley. I put her with Norman Smiley. I believe they have Molly Holly who works on the main roster. I put her with Molly. Um, if I have to send Natty down there, let her work in the ring with Natty. I do everything I can to make sure she can achieve. Because if you listen, like the stories you guys were telling. I remember listening to Cornette and he was like, when he got Bubba and he told, he told big Bubba, you know, <laughs> don't you sell for anything. Don't you leave your feet and listen to me. And they put him with Cornette and he turned out just fine. If you look at Brock, they put Brock with Heyman and they said, you listen to Paul, you know, he was in OVW with Cornette and it all worked out for him. So I hope they kind of use that model for Jade and at least give her a chance to succeed because the last per- the last woman that they had that they had to kind of mold from nothing was Bianca Belair. Yeah. And it took a while but she's there now. But mm-hmm. I don't want them to just shoot her on TV because of the way she looks and she gets exposed cuz once you get exposed like warrior that that's it. So there's no coming back. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's presumed based on everything that I'm here, she's not the big giant cokehead egotistical idiotic <laughs> moron. Yeah, yeah, she that uh, Mr. Hellwig was. Yeah, she doesn't yeah. have any bad habits. Like, uh, yeah, Derek, yeah, yeah, other Derek, than looking good. Yeah, um, did you you were talking about uh, Bubba? Did you hear the? Did you ever hear the story about um, Bubba and uh, when the Midnight Express were coming? I think it was in Virginia. Uh, they were mm-hmm. they were coming to the um, uh, they just pulled in and this is back when eighty seven so the business was huge, and the fans saw them coming would see them coming pull in, and uh, mm-hmm. they were taking the bags out of the car, 
and they were and Bubba went to get his bag and uh and Bobby shut the door thinking of Bubba and he shut it right on uh Bubba's thumb. And um mm. they opened the door and Jim ran around and said, Are you okay? And he put on his hat and he walked in. And Jim is like, Ray, Ray, I know you're hurt, man. That it, and he looked at him because I'm you told me not to sell. So he didn't sell. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, he No, uh, really, are you hurt? Yeah, man, it hurts yeah. like shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah like I broke fuck. my fucking finger, oh. asshole. Yes. But he said, but he, he told Amazing. me not to sell. That's awesome. Yeah, true story. <laughs> oh man, but, I, but listen, I, I'm, exci- I'm excited. There's a lot of there's a yeah. lot of buildup they could do with this, and we were just talking. We just teased, which we should talk about timely, in depth the the mega powers uh, implosion and story. Uh, we got that's something we should bring up next episode to uh, yeah, wet the whistle a little bit. Well, since we have uh, Derek and we missed you the last time we were doing this, because the last time we were doing this, hey, son of a bitch. Uh, CM Punk had just been let go, and I know you uh, had some feelings about that. And now's your now's your avenue. Uh, what did you think when you heard the wait, news? Before you before you answer, did you listen to our episode of it? And it's fine if you didn't. There's a reason why I'm asking. Yes, I did. Okay, that's all I wanted. Okay. that's all I want to know. Go, go. Is and I'm I'm not the biggest CM Punk fan, right? But it's very clear he looked at the business one way, which some would consider the right way, and others look at business the other way, which could be perceived as the wrong way. Um, I got what he was trying to do. Um, I think he was trying to play like the Undertaker role a little bit. Um, and it sounds like like even with the with the Jack Perry thing, it seems like he was giving him sound advice. I mean, telling somebody not to use real glass, it seems like a no-brainer. But I think the environment that Tony has allowed to take place in that locker room, Perry felt that he could just say no and he could just do whatever he want without any consequence. And um that's the problem with with AEW. Um there was a story that came out that uh Regal left because it was just a mess. Like the inmates were running the asylum and and Regal didn't want to be there. And I think Punk coming from where he came from, which is the WWE, and him being an old school guy, I mean, you see how much he loved Terry Funk and these guys. I think he saw that as a problem and he decided, well, I'm the vet. I'm gonna do something about it. And he receives pushback and the the owners take the side of the guys he named the company after. It was just the elite, like but it says something to the fact that Regal left. It says something to the fact that Cody left and Cody's very old school. And when they asked Cody why he left, he says it wasn't about money and it wasn't about creative. It was something personal. So I wanna wonder if Cody saw something there that he didn't really like. But I don't I don't blame Punk. I think he was looking for a way out. I don't know if he thought beating up Jack Perry was going to be the way for him to get out. But I think he went there and he realized, you know, oh my God, what's going on? And I think if you gave truth serum to Brian Danielson, who's just too nice of a guy to say anything, I think Brian Danielson and Samoa Joe, I think they would echo the Punk sentiments on his way out the door. This place is a zoo. He said it in his post-media scrum. I'm, t- I'm old, I'm tired, and I'm working with children. Yes, um, 
almost a year to the day from the let from the the first uh post media scrum where in the the uh the elite came in this dressing room and they got their asses kicked uh this was um uh some would say it was a long time coming or or you know they had they got two years out of them um they could have got a lot more um had they and because and collision was punk show that's the yeah. thing that was his uh and because the idea was for punk to wrestle wrestle with the guys that were actually took the business seriously that weren't under the thumb or buddies with the uh the elite and make collision like a, an old time Saturday night wrestling um event because I don't know why people are under the impression that Saturday night's not gonna draw. It drew for yeah. 40 years. Um mm-hmm. the markets that they're they're showing it on and the buildings that they're running it in. So I don't know why it wouldn't. If you give them pro- something to look at, um people are gonna watch. And that's what was happening. But slowly, you know, the people that weren't uh part of punk's original plan like the jungle jack perry's and the orange cassidy started showing up on collision and that's when i knew that they lost the plot and punk would eventually lose uh control of what he wanted of how he wanted the show to run and to make it clear multiple people told jack perry not to use glass Mm -hmm. one of them being tony shivani and finally it was tony shivani that went to punk and said Maybe you can talk some stent, some sense into this douchebag and tell him not to use glass. We've already the people that work here and that have that are right under the people that are paying you are telling you not to do mm-hmm. this. So again, the problem has always been with Tony because he's never put his foot down on anything. Um, if you really want to get with it, Adam Page should have been suspended the minute he went into business for himself a year ago with that promo. Yep on punk that's what yep. started this whole shit nothing's happened to adam yep. page he's never been disciplined nope. but anyway this the, is it's the, the, it, the bass accuredness of it all yes is just i i can't believe we're here i can't believe we're here i i, I it's one of those things where i can't believe i can't wrap my mind around People not understanding that. Of course, I'm also trying to put logic uh, where there is none. Because um, literally, that, literally um, Craig and I talked about it on the show. I was like, oh, I didn't know that. And then as he's talking, I'm looking it up. Okay, I was wrong. My bad. It's it's okay yeah. to be wrong and apologize. Like, you know, I thought the Phillies were really fucking that up. And I'm I'm not just saying that because you were there. You're here, Derek. I'm not. I don't care. And that I'm just going through tweets and I'm like, God, I really need to calm down. <laughs> um, well, all that being said, uh, the likelihood of CM Punk showing back up in the WWE. What do you give it? Give it a number. 100%. Uh, yeah. And I think I think they'll get a kick out of sticking it to Tony Khan. Cause I think for the longest time when Vince was like in charge and they had all the cuts and I think Tony was kind of like, ha ha ha, thumbing his nose up at them. And I think triple H has a very long memory. And I think triple H remembers, you know, Tony Khan pretty much building AEW off the backs of people that he built up in NXT. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the, the Adam Coles, the Swerves, the Keith Lees, the Aleister Blacks, Malachi Blacks, whatever you want to call them. I think um, I think Triple H is going to remember. And it says a lot because when Vince stepped down last year, I don't think a lot of people remember, but guys like Malachi Black asked to be released, Buddy Murphy asked to be released, Andrade was trying to get out of there and i think that's i think those are guys who are all guys who happen to be working on a cm punk show which shows you how they think these are all guys who didn't want to be there and um i think punk's gonna head back there like i said before i think ricky starks is gonna end up there i think wardlow's gonna end up there i think andrade is gonna go be with his wife charlotte when his contract's up i think malachi is gonna go be with his wife i think buddy's gonna go be with his fiance Rhea. i think there's gonna be a mass exodus because these guys thought when vince was in wwe it's you know vince is overseeing everything it's gloom and doom let's go to AEW where it's fun and then they went to AEW last oh this is why we need structure and now they can't wait to get back and I think this AEW experience is going to make uh, CM Punk appreciate the structure that's in WWE now. I mean, that's why the guy showed up when they were in Chicago. I was say, to a pop, you also right? you also have new structure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I've said on Facebook, I don't think the way this whole TKO thing is setting up, I don't think Vince is going to be around in a year. Good. And I think, I think I think Stephanie will be back. In charge, just you can hear the way Nick Khan speaks glowingly of her. I think stuff would be back in a year, and I think uh, the tide would be shifted even more than it is now. Well, I, I think, well, Vince is not even because apparently with his lawsuits, he's not even assured a seat on the board, yeah, because of his lawsuits. So, yeah. uh, the days of Vince being in oh. charge is effectively over. Um, yeah, uh, I heard rumors about Triple H and Stephanie being separated. Um, I don't know. I and I only heard them because it was Stephanie's birthday um yesterday or a couple of days ago. And uh her name was mm. in the news. And um n- what if that has anything to do with uh business? So you're but, uh, saying there's a chance. <laughs> there is. Um nice. But uh but again, I don't know the how valid that rumor is, but um you remember Stephanie was her she was she left uh and then did she come back and then she was fired or something or, or some type of yo-yo effect um but she uh, uh, she came back and screwed off said, when um what's his name uh when her dad was yeah like, not leaving at first like okay um yeah. i'm gone yeah. i can't do this yeah. that lasted 30 days if, if i as i recall she came back yeah, yeah. And she left 30 again. days it was like okay i gotta go i can't deal with this man yeah So, um, in happier news, yes, uh, to go off of uh, the sleep, the sleep, the seed that was planted, um, by Mr. Lagans, uh, to end the show, round up, I think. Um, we have a new, um, record, we have a new IC title record, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, his name's not Walter, it's Gunther, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, and uh, quite frankly. I couldn't be more thrilled. I don't have anything against Honky Tonk, man. Um, I just am thrilled that they're breaking records. Uh, we we know that the um, the Harley Race uh, records, the Bruno San Martino records, that's never happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's nice to see something getting touched once in a while. The records are meant to be broken. 
not to be cliches, whatever the frig. Anyway, uh, Craig. I'm extremely happy for uh, Gunta uh, when we said this uh, a year ago when they put the icy belt on him that he should hold it for a year and make the title mean something. I thought they would do the same with the U.S. belt with Austin Theory, and of course that went by the wayside. I still think Theory should still have the United States Championship. He's he's the future of the company, not Rey Mysterio. Nothing against Rey, but Austin Theory is the one that should have the belt around his waist. He should make the U.S. title the way Gunther made the Intercontinental Championship. If we're staying on Gunther, Imperium needs their tag team needs mm-hmm. to be on TV every week. They need some wins. They should be. If you're going to build Gunther as your longest reigning Intercontinental Champion, instructable Ivan Drago type heel, he can't be surrounded by Stooges, mm-hmm. which is how they're being made. And Ludwig Kaiser, that's that's a future oh, yeah. star right there. Yeah. But for now, you put those the tag team needs to be on TV every week. They need to be beating people every week. The only thing that bothers me about, not bothers me, but worries me about Gunther, they finally are using Chad Gable after eight years mm-hmm. the right way. Um, His tag team uh, with, uh, what was the guy's name? Kurt Angle's illegitimate son. Jason um, Jordan. Jason Jordan. Gable and Jordan, when their matches with FTR and NXT were legendary. Yeah. He is a he could he could he's your he could be what Jordan was supposed to be. Your your Kurt Angle. Legitimate mm-hmm. uh amateur background with an amazing with amazing charisma. They gave him stupid gimmick after stupid gimmick after stupid gimmick. And then they took him seriously and he had a match of the year candidate with Gunther. Amazing. Then he said I'm dedicating my life to beating you for the Intercontinental Championship. I'm all for getting a serious Chad Gable. Hopefully they can change his wardrobe, get him away from Otis, and push him as a singles guy. Because you just talked about, Dan, every all good things must come to an end. Gunther is going to lose the Intercontinental Championship because he's a main event guy. Yep. Who's I don't want it to be Chad Chad. I don't want it to be Chad Gable. If you're going to take the belt off him, nothing against Chad Gable. I just, I don't think he's the guy. I don't know who the guy is. Could it be Ellie Knight? Um, if only we but, had the uh, technology to see who was yeah. there. But uh, who in Europe? I'm asking you guys though. Uh, opinion time. Who should be the guy to beat Gunther? I mean, see, I I like Tommaso, um, but it seems like they're going to have him beat. Seems like that's his next feud. Um, I'm trying to think. I I love Bronson Reed. I th- I think Bronson Reed could be the guy, so he could be the next monster. Yeah, it would, yeah, did you agree with that? I mean, they gave Chad Gable the biggest win of his career uh, while he a match of the year candidate. With I don't Gunther. give a rat's ass about Chad Gable. Just to uh, add my two cents. I don't okay, care. but then the yeah, very no, next week, but the very next week they had him lose to Bryson Reed. Bryson yeah, Reed needs as many wins as possible. But you just <laughs> would you do you agree with that? 
to give Gable's up here and then they just have him lose clean to Bronson Reed? No, well, he keeps losing, sure. I, and they had his like his daughter was crying. And yes, I saw an interview with Gunther where Gunther, who's I love, he's awesome. He was yeah. like, he, I respect Chad. He's an Olympian. He's great. He goes, but it warmed my heart to see his daughter cry. Like he just <laughs> plays the role perfectly. Yeah, and um. I don't know. Uh, a part of me, because I think he's the guy, I, like, if it was me, mm-hmm. I'd have him hold on to the title. I'd have him win the Rumble, and he'd be the guy who beat Seth, and I would have him beat Seth while still being IC champion and just have him give the, like Warrior did when he beat Hogan, just go, here, I'm the, I'm the world heavyweight champion now. You mm-hmm. know? Um, but I don't know. They really, I don't, I don't even know who, if LA Knight was on Raw, he would be the guy. He would yeah. be the guy I would put him on, but I don't know. Uh, maybe people love Jay Uso, but I'm assuming he's going to wrestle his brother soon, so you can't really do that. So yeah, they're already setting up Survivor Series Judgment Day versus uh, Jay Uso's Zayn and Owens and Cody. Yeah, it's they'd have to build somebody up. You know, if Cody wasn't going to be the guy who I guess was going to beat Roman, Cody would be, you know, the old American guy who beats the evil European for the belt. But it seems like they're saving him for for Roman. So you can't even say Cody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm okay with Gunther holding it for another year then. As long as they build up Imperium, they have the best entrance in pro wrestling. They have that Jaws theme, the black, yes. the, the white silhouette. They give him some wins, man. Give Make that tag team legit. I don't understand because when Roman was going to where he's now, the yeah. Usos, the Usos were beating everybody, and they all looked dangerous. Usos were the tag team champions, but Dmac, I'll point out, they got their asses beat by one person all the time. Whoever was challenging Roman Reigns, like Drew McIntyre, yeah. he trashed the Usos. Kevin Owens yes. trashed the Usos. Make them in yeah. tag team matches. Usos unbeatable. When it's just yeah. those two against one of Roman's number one challengers, they get their asses kicked by one guy. Um. Imperium's got to be if you're gonna if Gunther's your main man, why is Gunther the main man? And he rolls with two stooges. Yeah, they've got to be not on his level, but just a cut above. And again, Ludwig, Ludwig Kaiser, the guy's money. Um, yeah, you, yeah. If you're going to break him apart as a single, fine, but you got to give that the Imperium's got to be. They should be bloodline level, Judgment Day level heel group because. You're you got you have something there. You foreign heels. What a exactly. lost concept. Yeah, it, it they're not itself. American. We hate them. There you go. Yeah. And and they're all How in the amazing shape. Gunther's got himself in amazing shape. I don't understand why they what they don't see. And they have to do something with Giovanni quickly because Ludwig is just he's yeah. he's he's level. He's 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 going to lap him in this race if they don't do anything. I know a guy that could be Gunther, and he's already on TV every week. They have a history. You bring up Dragunov. Oh, I love Dragunov. I love him. Okay. I I love him. WrestleMania. But in their match, was it last year, two years ago? Oh. Him. And they can go. Okay. I tell, I, I forget who I was, I think I was telling my son this, and him and his friends, and they laughed, but I go, when you watch Ilya wrestle, he's the he's the kind of tough that John Moxley wants you to think he is by doing stupid deathmatch stuff. Everything Ilya does is believable, and he does it without the the bells and whistles. Go back to AEW. What do you think of the Moxley 
uh, injury. Oh my god! Did you see it when it yes. happened? Oh my god! That's um, that's a leadership thing too, because the guy's clearly concussed, and you allow Phoenix to drop him on his head not once but twice. He didn't stop the match. That's the first time that all three people involved, Moxley, um, EO, and the ref, all were negligent because the ref didn't. You keep counting. He yeah. didn't count because AEW, you kick out of everything. Yeah. But in referee school, the first thing you count everything like it's a shoot, the same yeah. count every yeah. time. Yes. You don't uh hold up. You keep counting, especially after Mox obviously said something like, I'm hurt mm-hmm. or let's go home. Yeah. You know, I'm you know so um uh, and so then I blame what was the guy? I don't even know who the fuck he was wrestling. Who was he wrestling? Um Phoenix. Ray Phoenix. Phoenix. So Ray Phoenix pulled me he's cussed he can he's concussed on the outside of the ring. Roll him back in give him a leg drop or just do something off the top rope. He's not moving and pin him right there. Why pick the man up? <laughs> do it again. <laughs> and do it again. And then I'm blame Moxley because why would you go with it? Yeah. Just go limp. Dude, I'm hurt. Just pin yeah. me. Pin me. Yeah. Oh my. All three, all three. Again, it goes down back to leadership. Not throwing AEW under the bus, but how many people have been hurt in AEW? <laughs> Have mm-hmm. you seen the Twitter, the AEW botches, and they show yeah. all the yes. careless plays people? Because I don't know who the fuck is teaching him down there, but and that's probably why they kept Jade away from the main women. Because I mean, Britt Baker is your your top female star there, and she's been hurt more than anybody mm-hmm. because of how careless the women were. So that's probably that might be one of the reasons why they kept Jade Cargill away from the other women because they didn't want her to get hurt, and then she was their. Uh, she was their golden goose. Yeah, I. It just reminds me of when uh, I think it was during co- the COVID era, as they call it, where Matt fell off a forklift and hit his head, and they kept the match. They kept the match going. I was thinking, he fell off a forklift. What are we doing? But um, yeah, that's that's a that's a leadership thing, and I don't. They said Moxley was upset. I don't blame Moxley for being upset. Um, not only did Phoenix drop him on his head twice, the second one, he didn't even try to protect him. No. He just dropped him on his head again. It's like, oh my God, what is happening in this company? It's terrible. That's why, now you see why the, so many people wanted out and how many people still went out. And the thing is how you, it's about, it's clearly not the money because all those people are getting paid more than they've ever been paid in their lives. Mm-hmm. And that's what Tony Khan will do. He'll pay you a lot of money. Um, but obviously the money isn't everything because everyone's set, but they're not happy. Yeah. And and if I'm Mox, you know, and I like Moxley, but if I'm him, you know, I think if you got to him like late at night, he he has to see Seth and Roman and just think, what the hell? Like, did I make a mistake resigning in his place? What is going on? No, I th- I think he's happy because I think the reason why he left is because he can do all the deathmatch bullshit he's doing right now. They yeah. wouldn't let him do any of that in the WWF. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's why he left. And I think this is – and now he's in a company with a incredibly 
uh, naive neophyte booker who doesn't know what the fuck he's doing, who's going to pay me a lot of money to let me do whatever I want and say whatever I want and wrestle how I want. I won't sell anything. I won't. I'll kick out of everything. I'll get to enter through the crowd and you'll pay for my music and I get, get to do all the phony bullshit that I the WWE wouldn't let me do. I can get skewers in my head Ugh. and I can wrestle on thumbtacks nightly. So, yeah, I don't think I, I, I know he misses those guys, but I don't think he will go wrestle for those guys. <laughs> I think the reason why he left is because he can do all the stupid shit he's doing now. Yeah, I, I, I don't think he likes getting killed, though. Uh, getting dropped on his head multiple times, but and it's funny because I remember when when Danielson left and they asked him why he left, and he goes, you know, Vince was just too protective of me, and you know, I just told Vince I wanted to bleed, I just wanted to, and since he's went to AEW, what he's been hurt three times, like he broke his leg, <laughs> so maybe you guys should listen to Vince, and I love Danielson, yeah, you shouldn't. It's just it's hard to watch sometimes, and I'm worried about Edge because if Edge goes there. His neck is already. Oh, I was like, he dead. Yeah, and look who who's he gonna work with? It like when he came back, they put him with Orton, who's safe. They put him with Seth, who was safe. They put him in there with guys they knew was gonna take care of him. Well, who's he gonna show up to AEW and wrestle Luchasaurus? Like, come on, Mac, If Edge does the exact same thing that Christian is doing, oh yeah, come out with a mouthpiece, even wear a matching turtleneck. Yeah, have some other big heel like a Hobbs or even a Wardlow do all yeah. the dirty work, and then you come in and do cleanup duty. There you go. Because what Christian's doing in AEW is genius. Yeah, he's smart. Yeah, he gets it. Christian gets it. Yeah. Yes, and so when he <laughs> when he does wrestle, it's for a big deal. It's a big deal, and he doesn't get his hands dirty, and he can work a, a Christian style match where he doesn't, where he's not going to hurt himself. And you watch um, Darby kill himself, Ugh. running around everything. And but Christian doesn't have one to do- could be so lucky. Yeah, so I think if Edge goes back, if Edge and Christian reunite and mm-hmm. they use the exact heel gimmick, matching turtlenecks, let the big guys do all the work, let the young idiot like Darby bounce off of everything. I think he'll be fine. But yeah, I worry about his safety too. Um, but he, because they're the same, Jericho, same age as Edge. Um, so he can take it easy. Uh, will, will he even be able to call himself Edge? No, he's gonna have to be Adam Copeland, I'd imagine. Okay, Sexton Hardcastle. There I was about to say Hardcastle, yeah, yeah, do it, do it, Adam. <laughs> uh, well, we, well, oh, go ahead. I was gonna no. say it's it's it, the pumpkin patch is ready to. No, I'm I'm trying to get as much out of DMAC as possible because I don't know if we'll see him again before the year's out. Um, no, wow. You know what? Um, not this Tuesday, but next Tuesday. I don't have to work, so I'll probably I'll be on. You know what? I'm gonna say it on camera so it's documented. I'll, I'll be on with you. You're wow. What? It cut out. I need to hear that clearly. <laughs> I will be on again with you guys in two weeks. Whoa. Okay. You ready here first? Yes. Thank you, sir. Yeah, I'm loving the pictures. I don't care who's dead. Yeah. (laughs) You'd be here. Uh, I said, yeah. Sorry, Craig. Go ahead. I was gonna say I love the pictures of uh, baby Judah. He's growing up really Um, well. Um, uh, (laughs) Yeah. Slow down, man. He's uh, 
He's walking. Oh, oh he's driving me nuts. Oh, he's walking. Yes. It's the worst. You do a Christopher Walken impression. That's weird. And and now he like he's starting to like wrestling now, I guess, because I like I have it on TV. So like he'll come in and he'll just point, start talking, and refuse to go to sleep on Mondays. So you're screwed. Wow. Yes. Yes, where it, where um, it begins. Uh, yes or no? Can you beat CM Punk in a uh, a uh, in a uh, bout? <laughs> yes, I can. I should be careful because yeah, no. he has a lot of time on his hands now. He might take me. I was up gonna on. say, yeah. No, I don't think you have a problem with that, dude. No. Uh, listen, also, listen. Respect to Phil at CM Punk. He did what a lot of yes those yes. mouth because I didn't criticize him for it. Those mouth breathers couldn't even get up, sit up to do, let alone myself. Uh, and was a USC. Uh, well, he was an MMA fighter. Uh, but b- watching you spar and train, you good. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, he um, yeah, he he and 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 you know what, Phil, you were fighting the good fight in AEW, and you tried your best. Yeah, sorry, but now you can do. No, just <laughs> uh, I mean, this is the company who Bret Hart offered his services to be an agent and a producer, and they told Bret no. Like that. This is the company that. Oh my God, D. This is a company that's got a wealth, a generation's worth of men that know what the fuck they're doing, that they want that they don't listen to. Yeah, not just Brett, Arn, Tully. Jake, Jake Roberts, yeah, Pete William Regal, uh, Jim Ross, Adam Page even came out and said, "Yeah, I don't like to take advice from these guys that have been here before me and that were doing it before I was born. I don't like to listen to them." So yeah, why you go? Why would why would you listen to Bret Hart? Why would you listen to Ricky Steamboat? Um, or any of the guys that you had in your employ again? Arn Tully, Jake Roberts, Jim Ross. Nah, fuck we're, do we we're good. Why wouldn't you yeah. just take Hobbs and just go, hey, we want you to ride to every show from the airport with Mark Henry? Yes. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> just ride with Mark. You and know? W- yeah. W- and where is Paul White? Did just you signed him for. Yeah. For what? Yeah. Wardlow, if you can hear my voice, leave as soon as you can, Wardlow. Just get out of there. <laughs> get out of there. Wardlow, in the words of a great man. <laughs> on that note you can't follow Derek anywhere because he's too busy as to say yeah, he's literally literally keeping part of Long Island together with his this god forsaken place yeah this god forsaken place uh, we say that about our own hometown sometimes uh, so you can't follow him on social media but you can follow him at HIC talk radio because he will be here he said in two weeks when we're live again Craig uh, people can follow me and not Derek on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. Oh, I'm sorry, X yeah. at Craig Lagans, C R A I G L I W G E O N S. Yes, and I can call Twitter by its proper name X because unlike Elon Musk, I can I have the ability to not only use dead names because I'm not a jerk off. Uh, so you can follow me. That being said, on X, Instagram, Facebook. TikTok, YouTube, Twitch, Grinder, at Danlaw83. Final announcement I'd like to make, um, unfortunately for the time being, uh, Nerd Herders Rebooted is on hiatus. Um, I don't know when it's coming back. I don't know 
where and when and how uh, this makes me determined even more to get us both up there before the end of the year and record live. And I'm going to make it a, um, a mission either at the beginning or the end of the, uh, the end of this year, or beginning of next year. Um, so all those archived episodes are on the HIC talk radio network, HIC talk radio.com on your podcast app, on your smartphone, tablet, um, or on your TV type in HIC talk radio network for Derek, for Craig, I'm Dan. Keep it on the paper. By the way, if you're going to release all those wrestlers, maybe you should have the rock come back. Right. <laughs> right. Well, the rock I, and Cena, they're the product of the actor strike. Once uh, the actor. Well, back. it's over. Well, it's going to be over soon. So bye. Thank the Lord. <laughs> oh, right. Please bring back Abbott Elementary. I missed it. Right. If yeah. I don't get Good Omen season three, I'm picking it. <laughs>